Matt, stand up. Allison, stand up, because they said, see Matt Gerardino. I just want y'all to know who Matt Gerardino is. So if you want to go to the missions trip down in New Orleans, see either one of these guys, and they'll, 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 it's going to be a great time. Amen. So there will be some more information coming up about that, some training, some opportunities, and we're excited about that. How many has been enjoying this, uh, this uh, series on Evolve? Yeah. You've been enjoying it? I tell you what, it's been speaking to me. Um, I've been preaching to myself. And um, I say to myself, self, you heard what you preached today? Get with the program. You got to do better. And so, uh, so I, I've enjoyed it, and it's really good. Uh, today, uh, you know, we've talked about different things uh, throughout this, the thing. We talked about getting, uh, you know, just get that time to get over the past, just move beyond it. And, uh, but today I want to talk about another point in this that I feel like it's one of the, the opportunities for us to see what God's speaking to us. And and it's running the race that's set before us. You know, everybody here is, you were intended to run a particular race in your life. And God has already uh, placed you in a place of promise in your life. And, and there's a race that he's put you on. There's a track that he's put you on. And, and today, we're going to be sharing with you about running the race that God's put you in. You know, you know we have, we have uh, people that have babies and they have, you know, they're down like us, I know. Uh, people ask us when we had our, our fifth child, they said, man, you know, uh, was that on purpose? Was that an uh-oh? Or, no, no, there's no uh-ohs in this world. God, in t every child that God created and every person created was for purpose. Yeah. And God has this incredible plan for your life. An incredible plan for your life. And so we have, we have this opportunity to run the race that God has put us in. You know, running in all kinds of weather and jogging and, and doing marathons, et cetera, reminds me of the Christian life. In the Christian life, we, 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 we run our race in all kinds of elements and all kinds of situations and all kinds of circumstances. And, and we never stop running the race. It might hurt. It might hurt. But you have to keep running. You got to keep on running the race that God has put before you. Some days you might not, you may feel discouraged and you may feel like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to run the race today. I, 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 you know, I'm, I just don't feel like it. Has anybody ever felt like quitting? Wait a minute. Let's do that one more time. If you've ever felt like quitting, raise your hand. Okay, I see some hands are not up. So we're going to have an altar call right now. We're going to pray for all those who don't know how to tell the truth. All right, because there's nobody in this place has never come to the day that you didn't feel like quitting. And we make a joke sometimes, you know, about on a Monday morning after after a weekend service and some things may not have went the way you thought they should have or you didn't go just like you think or you're discouraged or you're thinking, man, you know, I wish it would have been better. Or, 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 or maybe you thought maybe I came here to pass this church and I was thought by this time in life and, and 23 years later that we would be running 5,000 people and we would have this and we would do this. And, and it can get discouraging. You feel like quitting. I mean, there's Monday mornings that I've, in, I've backed up the U-Haul to my house and loaded it up and moved to another city. Not really, but in my mind, I did. We all get discouraged in life. And, and we all get discouraged in these situations in life. But I want to encourage you today that it's not a time to quit, and there's never a time to quit, that we have to keep doing what God has called us to do. And it's the Holy Spirit that's out of every believer that says, that, that says I'm never going to allow you to quit. I'm just not going to allow you to quit. I'm going to keep moving forward. 
You must understand that God's grace is what's going to sustain us and keep us in the difficult times. And we lean into the grace of God. And God's never going to call you to do something he's not going to give you the grace to do. Can I get a better amen this morning? God's not going to call you to do something he won't give you the grace to do, that he won't give you the ability to do. And so when God's called you into something, he's going to put the things in you that you need to fulfill the promise of God in your life. You're going to feel the promise of God. Every day when you don't feel like running, you have to just say, I'm going to run. I'm going to run the races before me. It is the love of God that motivates and keeps you pushing forward, knowing that when you keep moving, something happening to you, and you're doing God's will, and you're being transformed spiritually, every day you get up and run the race that's before you. Today, I want to give you some tools to overcome discouragement and have the stamina to finish. But not just to finish, but to finish strong. Everybody say, I don't want to just finish. I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. I want to come. I don't want to just leave the blocks when the gun fires, but I want to finish strong. Now, I'm going to tell you something. At, 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 at 33 years of ministry, I'm more excited about God today than I was even then. I'm more passionate about God today than I was then. I want to finish this race that God's put me in, and I want to finish it strong. I want to complete what God has set before me. So here's number one thing. Everybody got their pen, paper, and Bible today? iPhone, iTunes, i-something, whatever you got, because I want you to write down something today. And so here's the number one thing. All right, y'all ready? This is going to be deep, all right? Don't be lazy. (laughs) Don't be lazy. Now, I could just stop right here and get on a soapbox, because I'll tell you what, I can't stand lazy. There's something that that bothers me more. Lazy bothers me probably more than anything else. I can't handle lazy. I can't handle lazy. I can handle, I can't, I need some help doing this. I can handle, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I can handle struggles. I can handle that. But I can't hardly handle laziness. Laziness is simply saying I'm give up on life and I'm just going to be lazy about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue. I'm not going to put my, my best foot forward. I'm just going to, if something good's going to happen to me, it's going to happen on my sofa. It's going to happen while I'm holding the remote in my hand and eating uh, chips. It's going to come to me. No, you're, you're, uh, let me help you today. Y'all smile at me because I'm going to come strong, right? You're just being lazy. And you've got to get up from that place that you're at and say, I'm going to give God my very best. When I give God my very best, then I can expect him to help me to complete the task before me. But when I'm lazy... You know, my dad always said, God doesn't help those who don't help themselves. Now, that's not in the Bible, but it's good. God, doesn't, God, God wants you to get up from where you're at and say, I am determined to put God first in my life, and I'm going to move forward into the purpose and the call that he's planned for my life. Can I get an amen? amen? Run each race, each day, your race that's right in front of you. Run with all your might. So at the end, you will receive the victory from God. You'll receive victory from God. And keep running. And even when you've fallen, get up and run again. Amen. Run until you have reached the mark that God's called before you. Victory is won by him that does not stay down. It's won by the one that says, 
I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going. But always getting up again, grasping the banner of faith and keep on running until, with the assurance that Jesus is going to get his full reward and I'm going to get my full reward because he's called me for purpose. So there's days I don't feel like running, days I don't feel like getting up. It's like the, the mother who knocked on her son's door and said, hey, son, you got to get up and go to church. He said, why do I have to go? She said, you're the pastor. There's just some days you just have to get up and go. You, you don't have to want to. Come on, you don't have to want to. You got to just say, today, I may not feel like it, but I'm going to do what is right. Here's every time I've ever experienced this in my life when I didn't have the want to, but I went ahead and did what was right. Somewhere along the way, the want to came to me. Somewhere along the way, I decided, hey, you know what? This is not such a bad thing. But when I've sat around with being lethargic and disconnected and not having the want to, guess what? The want to got stronger. The, the don't want to got stronger. And I became just kind of checked out and, and not motivated, and, and things did not get better, but they got worse. So there has to be this time that I'm going to go, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to be a winner. So it's not about how you feel. So oftentimes our feelings distract us from our destiny. Our feelings distract us from our destiny. My sweet wife didn't know I was preaching this today. And, and this morning I got up and, you know, at my house we always have this incredible Sunday mornings where we're trying to find something or do something. And, you know, Haley had, uh, drove my car and she thought that she would put my keys in her purse and then drive her car with my keys somewhere else. And we were looking for keys and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, and finally I just got, so, okay, I'm, I got it all figured out. I'm gone, like, see you later. And my wife said, man, that was rude. I was like, baby, I'm not being rude. I'm supposed to be at the church. She goes, well, it felt rude. I said, well, I'm sorry how it felt. The fact is that I'm already 15 minutes late leaving. Can I help you this morning? Sometimes we let our feelings, oh, I, I don't, I don't feel it. Hey, I'm, I'm just going to be really nice today. All of our guests, I love you. I'm glad you're here today. Get over it. Sometimes you need to get over it. You need to get over your feelings. You know what I'm saying? You need to say to your feelings, feelings, you're, 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 you're lying to me. You're lying to me about my purpose. You're lying to me about who I am. And I'm starting to feel all this stuff that's not real. Come on, I'm being sensitive. I, I'm just not feeling it. Listen, when you know who you are in Christ, it doesn't matter if you feel it or not. Because feelings can be a bad master. And you have to say to your feelings, feelings, set, get aside. I'm, I am called for purpose. God's created me for greatness. And I'm getting up today. And in a few minutes, God's going to anoint me to run the race. And my feelings won't even matter anymore. Because I'm powerful. And I was created to be powerful. And so I'm going to just move past my feelings. My feelings. You know, I live in a house with six women. I get to hear a lot about feelings. <laughs> but we're believing God for a boy. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> the grandbaby's going to be a boy in Jesus' name. Hey, listen, you guys don't laugh. You got feelings, too. I see guys sulking just as bad as women. I was setting y'all up just now. Y'all just do it in a different way. You bow up, you get cocky, 
And what you're trying to do is you're trying to protect yourself from your feelings. And it's an insecurity that keeps you from doing what you're supposed to do. Y'all smile at me this morning. Because it's going to be a good word by the time I get to the end. So we're running this race. We're running this race. We're looking forward. We're saying, God, you've got something great for me. But running is not about being better than someone else. It's about being better than you used to be. Running the race is not being better than someone else. It's being better than you used to be. Run when you can. Walk if you have to. Crawl if necessary. But just never quit. Just never quit. Stay focused upon it. Keep going after it. Because God's doing something in your life. You're evolving into his purpose. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. It says, Do you not know that the race all the run, runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do not receive a perishable wreath, but we have received an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly, and I do not box as one that beateth the air, but I discipline my body to keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should become disqualified. I discipline, I discipline, I discipline. Can I help you this morning? Listen, there's this place in our life we believe in grace and we all make mistakes and, and we believe God cares us through. But if we're not careful, we can just say, well, you know what? Great, I, I got grace, so I'm not going to have to discipline my life. I'm just going to do my life and do whatever. And God's going to give me grace in the end. And you know what? You're never going to achieve the purpose and plan of God for your life that way. And I know there's another side of this story. I know that you can discipline yourself to do all the right things and not have a relationship with God and end up in the same place. So it's not just discipline, but it's relationship and discipline together that create the momentum to carry you where God has, has planned for you to go. But without discipline and without restraint, then you just kind of live this frivolous life. So every one of us as runners, we have to discipline ourselves. And use self-control. In Titus 2, uh, verse 12, it says, The same grace teaches us to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and the indulging lifestyle. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Proverbs 25 says this, If you live without restraint, you're unable to control your temper. You'll be as helpless as a city with broken down defenses and open to attack philippians tells us let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our lord is ever near and then proverbs 25 tells us this when you discover something sweet don't overindulge and eat more than you need for excess and everything and anything can make you sick or even even a good things. You know what? I think about that. Like, man, how many love, how many love cake and ice cream? Come on, come on, somebody. A chocolate cake with a moose feeling and some bluebell. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm in love. 
I, 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 remember, I remember when I was about to be 50 years old, I really had a word from the Lord about my health. And, man, I got on track. Man, I was doing so good. Man, I was, I was, I was going to the gym. And, look, I'm going to tell you, every day I got up to go to the gym, I was like, I hate going to the gym. But I, I, I went anyway because I knew I needed to go to the gym. I know some people are like, oh, I love going to the gym. Not me. I didn't go a single day that I loved, not one. I, didn't, I, I, I just didn't like it. I don't like going to the gym. Uh, but I did because I knew I needed to do it. It was a discipline in my life. Man, I was, and I started dreaming about running a marathon, at least a half of one. And I started reading these books, and somebody brought me some books, and I read all about it. And the more I read, the more discouraged I got. <laughs> and I decided that I wasn't equipped to run a marathon. Uh, I wasn't made for that. And, uh, I, I, I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. And then my birthday came along. I'm turning 50 years old, and, and Tammy made me this big old chocolate cake, and uh, I ate that cake. I, I shared it with a few people, but I ate most of it, <laughs> and I just fell off the wagon. That was it. It was over with. <laughs> I, I just kept eating, and after that day, I just kept on eating, and I just kept on eating, and I got more and more discouraged, and I quit going to the gym. I, look, I just went and bought some more jeans. Amen. I just went and got a bigger shirt. And I said, you know, I use the old cliche that everybody uses. You're going to die something, and I'm going to die happy. Because I don't want to discipline myself to do what I'm supposed to do. Now, today I'm not talking about weight, and I'm not talking about that. I just want you to hear what God's saying, because there's some disciplines in our life that God's called us into. And the discipline that he called you into may not be somebody else's discipline. And sometimes we look around us and we say, well, you know, they, they do what they want to do and she does what she wants to do. But what has God called you into? Because when God calls you into something and he calls you into a discipline, it's not so that he can make you suffer. It's because he sees destiny in your life. He sees this purpose in your life, and he knows for you to get to the purpose that he's created you for, there's got to be some restraints on things so he can fulfill what he's called you to do. And I've said it for the last three Sundays. Let me say it one more time. Awesome things don't typically happen by accident. Awesome things happen because we set our heart and our mind upon the purpose of God in our life, and we go for it. And we discipline ourselves for the purpose he's called us into. Come on, somebody give me a good amen. amen. Discouragement is the number one thing that causes us to quit. I would say that discouragement is probably the greatest attack of Satan on our life. He uses discouragement to his advantage because it is extremely powerful. It can cause people to quit on something that God has told them to do. And it can cause things to happen in our life, like sickness. Discouragement can cause us to be physically sick. It can lead to sin. It can lead to doubt. It can lead to bad decision-making and more and more things. Don't let disappointment stop you. Don't let disappointment keep you from fulfilling what God has called you to do. 
in my young life and young ministry, I felt like God called me into a certain thing to do a certain thing. And I felt wounded and hurt by people who got in the way of that. And that disappointment became bitterness in my life. And I became wounded. And I allowed that wound to continue to fester and fester in my life until I was bitter with everybody and everything. There was nobody that could even give me an encouraging word. They would encourage me, and I'd just be like, whatever. Because I'd allow this discouragement and disappointment to rule my life. And that bitterness was growing in me. I'm going to tell you something. I found out real fast that it was causing me to be sick. It was causing me to stop doing some things that actually that I had a, a conviction about in my own life, things that I, that I held dear, things that I had given to God, I, I, things that, that I had promised myself and the Lord, and I began to let go of some things that I didn't need to let go of. And I began to move away from the things that, that were positive in my life. And I began to push people back out of my life. And I was getting sicker all the time, both mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I won't bore you with all the details, but when I came out of that situation, I learned something that's so valuable in my life. Don't ever let a seed of bitterness in your heart for any reason. Because it will destroy you. It will take you out, but it comes through the door of discouragement. It comes through the door of disappointment. And I'm going to tell you today, when we notice that there's, there's something in my life and it's, it's beginning to disappoint me and, and there's, this, there's these things going on and disappointment comes, one disappointment after another, we need to say, hold on. I'm going to stop right here and I'm not going to allow this to get it in my life. God has blessed me in ways I never thought I could be blessed. And God has never failed me not one single time. In my worst disappointments, when I looked to the Lord, I realized that he was right there with me. And he never failed me and he never left me and he never was away from me. Now, I may have moved myself away from him. I may have pushed him off. I may have turned my, my head aside but God was faithful through all those times and God has blessed me in so many ways that I would have never ever been blessed in had it had I not failed you see there's nothing wrong with failing just fail just fall forward just fall forward don't fall back, fall forward. Learn from that and never allow it to happen in your life again. Decide that day that, hey, this is over with. And what I've learned from this, I will never let it be repeated. I'm going to fall forward. Sometimes trials are a blessing in disguise. Man, you don't know it when you're going through it. But they're a blessing in disguise. I've been through many trials and I've experienced all kinds of things. And I can say God has been faithful in all of them. And he's never let me down. Sometimes we want God to answer it immediately. But we must allow him to work in our life because, you see, he's working for our good. Amen. I remember this time when I was discouraged at a time, and I went to an elder, and I was telling them about my discouragement, and, and they said something to me that at the moment I just wanted to strangle them. He said, you know what? I was just talking about church life. I was I'm so discouraged, and Things are not going the way I planned, and this not happening, and that's not going right. And I said, you know what? Right now, God's not building the church. He's building you. 
I didn't want to hear that in my discouragement, quite frankly. I, did, I wanted to hear somebody go, oh, bless your heart. It's so sad. I hate that for you. Pat me on the back. Rub me on the head. You know, cry with me. But instead, they said, God's building you. He's taking these discouragements and disappointments in your life. And he's building character in your life. He's building stamina in your life. And then when I think about it and look back, back to the past, it's like, it's like resistance. And you're learning how to build your strength. And you're going through these things. And God's showing you who you really are. And he's cutting away all the junk out of your life. And you wake up one day and go, wow. Wow, how did that happen? So sometimes our trials our development in our life and they keep us strong and they help us to run the race that God's called us into so so he's never going to let you down so when we're running the race set before us we sometimes want to quit but we say I'm not going to quit I'm going to I'm going to fully push through and and God I don't understand but God is going to lead me and I'm going to trust you God I'm going to trust you with all my heart we struggle with God leading us and I think this is so funny We'll blindly follow a GPS in our car, but we won't listen to God. I remember one time, Angela and I was driving my dad's big old uh, RV. It's the first time I'd ever taken it out, you know, myself. And I was a little, you know, you don't want to wreck dad's RV. That's not a good day. So I'm driving dad's RV, and I got the GPS. It said, turn right. It was up in Arkansas. And I turned right. And as soon as I turned right, the headlights hit this big orange dead end. And I was thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? It wasn't a cul-de-sac. It was just a dead-end narrow road. There's hills on both sides. And I thought, how in the world am I going to back this RV up in this tight spot? They're going to wake up in the morning. We're going to have the generator running. We're going to be buried up in their yard. And it's not going to be a good day. I listened to, I listened to Lola, and she turned me in the wrong direction. Sometimes we listen to people in our lives. People gather around us and look, I believe in the multitude of counsel, their safety, and we should have people in our life that we listen to. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we need to have a, such an incredible relationship with God that we can hear his voice. It doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter what's going on in our world, that we're so tuned in to what God is speaking that when he speaks to us, we immediately follow his direction. And we waste a lot of time and we run on the treadmill of life a lot of time is because we're listening to all the things that are around us instead of listening to the voice of God. And we get caught up in all the business of life and then we look up one day and, and it's, it's like we've been on the treadmill and, and we've, we've done a lot of running, we've done a lot of moving, we've done a lot, we're sweating, man, we're, we're, but we're not going anywhere. God wants us to pause for a moment in this race and listen to his voice because he's developing something in our life that's very powerful. So we're developing success from failures. Discouragement and failure are the two surest stepping stones to success. If you've never failed, it's because you've never done anything. <laughs> It takes a lot of times of doing what God's called you to do. And sometimes it doesn't feel like you're going anywhere, but you are. I was sitting on the plane with a guy, and he was talking to me. He was telling me, he said this to me, and he's like, wow, I'm going I'm to use that. 
You take some water and you boil it. You're boiling that water and you put a potato in that water. And it becomes soft. You take that same boiling water and you put an egg in it. It becomes hard. You see, the, 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 the heat, the boiling things we get into, they develop to become what God created us to be. And sometimes we never become what God wants us to be because we want to jump out of the boiling water. We want to sit on the beach. We want everything to be perfect. We, don't, we want to miss all the trials of life. We want to avoid every situation that's pressure. And we look for a way out when God's saying, this is the way in. And again, he's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to develop you into the plan and the purpose that he created you for. Come on, somebody. Faith was always past the test of discouragement. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Normally, it's the last key on the key ring that opens the door. Don't give up. Don't quit. God's got something good for you. We will someday become who God created us to be. Unless we allow discouragement to rule our lives. Some say life is not about winning. I totally disagree. Life is about winning. I want to be a winner. I don't want to be on no losing team. Come on, man. I want to, hey, you know what? I want the Saints to win today. I want, I want to be pulling for a winning team. I want them to win. I get tickled how we are as fans. We say, we won today, even though we didn't play any game. But we want to be on the winning team. We want to be on the winning side. That's who we want to be. Everybody wants to be a winner. Nobody says, okay, I just want to be a loser in life. God created me to be a loser. No, we're all winners. There's a winner inside of all of us. So when people say it's not all about winning, I disagree. It's about winning. I remember when my daughter started playing volleyball this year, and I was talking to her on the way to school one day, and Heidi speaks from the back seat. You know, she's 11 years old, has all wisdom and understanding. Dad, it's not about winning. I turned around. I said, I hit the brake. Turn. I said, girl, it is about winning. We want to win. If you're going to go play a game, you're going to get in this game, and you're going to like, well, it doesn't matter if we win or lose. Look, you're going to lose every time. But winning is not always about having the highest score. Winning is running your race and learning to be thankful in every circumstance. So you may not have the highest score, but you learned something out of the, of the thing that you were in. And there was a learning thing that made you better than you was before. The ability to overcome and to have breakthrough and know you were made for this. And there's only one cure for discouragement. We can try to do all these other things in the flesh, but there's only one cure for discouragement, and that's to trust the Lord. To trust the Lord. Discouragement shows a lack of trust in God and who he created you to be. If we truly trusted in the Lord, we would not be discouraged. I've seen God work some impossible situations 
and we live by faith and we trust in who he says we are and we trust in his love for us and we trust in what he says that he is going to do in us. And I'm going to tell you the key to this. One second in God's presence will calm your worries. Amen. One moment. Amen. And when life gets to be crazy and it's noisy and it's, it feels terrible and you don't know which way to go, pause for a moment in your life and enter into a place of worship and enter into a place of your word and allow one moment in the presence of God to calm your worries and say, yes, God, bring me back to who you say that I am. Amen. Joshua 1 and 9. Haven't I commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, this is we live by faith and not by what we see. And when we allow our flesh to rule us, we become discourage Romans 8 says us for, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but those that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit I can't allow my flesh to rule my life I gotta allow the Holy Spirit that works in me to rule me and to guide me and to direct me so that you think Satan wants you to be discouraged he wants to kill your trust in God discouragement makes you lose hope it makes you spiritually tired and it starts to become harder for you to get back up and to move on. You become spiritually drained. And it's hard for you to pray. It's hard for you to seek God. This is why we have to take care of discouragement at the very beginning stages of when it comes into our life. Once you leave, dis the, leave the discouragement door open, you will allow Satan to come in and he'll start planting seeds in your life. You've got to close the door. He'll start telling you things like, you're not really a Christian. Because if you was really a Christian, you would be going through this. If you was really a Christian, you believe that God never leaves you or never forsakes you. Why are you in this battle? You're not really a Christian. God's not really real. God's so mad at you. He's so disappointed in you. When Matt said that today, I was thinking, come on. What a confirmation. God is not disappointed in us. He knows the struggles of life, and he's going to help us get through it. You're worthless. You're no good. And here's one I want to stop on for just a minute. I hear so many people get discouraged, and they say, I need to take a break. I need to take a break. Look, I know there's times that you need to go on vacation. You need to go hang out. Jesus himself took a break he went up to the mountain to pray and to be alone with god there are times that you need to relax there's times you need to take your family and go do things and just chill i get that we believe in that but sometimes we say i need to take a break and we take a break from the very purpose and calling in our life because we're so discouraged with where we are you know i'm called to do this but it's not coming the way i, I planned it so i'm just going to take a break I'm going to take a little break from what I, my, my calling and my purpose. When you take a break, that kind of break, you open the door to the enemy, and he will sidetrack you. He will make you believe all kinds of things that are not true. That's why you got to keep running. you gotta, you got to keep believing. you got to keep on moving forward. you got to keep on going for what God's called you to do. Worship team, you can come. Satan starts to send us confusion. He starts... We start getting lost because your focus is not on Christ. 
but on yourself. And discouragement can lead to compromise and things you didn't even plan to do. So stay in the race. 1 Peter 5. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Take all that pressure, all that anxiety of life. Here it is, God. I'm going to trust you with it. Be alert and be sober-minded. Elbow your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have to be alert. We can't get lethargic and lazy and don't care attitude and I'm giving up and I quit. And I told my, my, my daughter, Heidi, she's, she's playing soccer. She just signed up for soccer. I said, look, if I sign you up and I pay for your soccer, you're going to go to every practice. You're going to go to every game and you're going to finish because there's no quitting. There's no, well, I decided I don't like soccer. Guess what? You're going to like soccer to the end of the season. Because we're not quitters. We're not going to quit. Because if we sign up, we're going to go. So they have practice twice a week. You do understand that. Then they have games. So you plan to be there and be faithful to it. And at the end of the season, if you decide soccer is not for you, fine. But until then, we're going to go every time. Every time. Because we want to teach our kids to be finished what they start. Don't jump in, jump out, jump over. Don't have a new ideal every day because you'll never get where God's taking you to. As I look back at my life, I realize that Every time I thought I was being rejected for something good, I was actually being redirected to something better. Don't let rejection get over you, man. Man, you feel a minute of rejection, start praising God for redirection. I feel rejected. Oh, thank God for new direction. Man, that would mess the devil's day up. You know that? He'd be like, shoot. I'm getting redirected. God's got something better for me. God's taking me places. And run your race. Don't look around you at other people and allow what they're doing to discourage you. If it looks like they're miles ahead of you, it's okay. If it seems like they're miles behind you or even quit, doesn't matter. That's not my race. This is my race. I'm going to run my race that I'm called to run. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to purpose in my life that this is what God has called me to do. And I'm going to run the race that I have been given. And I'm not giving up. And I'm not throwing in the towel. And I'm not quitting. And guess what? At the end, I'm going to make it. And I'm going to become all that God has for me. You have what it takes to be a winner. I had Big John up here in last service. And I'm standing up here, and he's standing down there, and he's still taller than me. John runs 23 miles to church one day. Lives in Folsom. He was in there, and he was huffing and puffing. I said, man, what's wrong with you? He said, I just ran to church. I said, ran to church? He said, yeah, I ran to church. I'll be honest. My first thought was, you're crazy. 23 miles. Let me help y'all out with something in case y'all know. I'm not running 23 minutes. 
I might walk a mile on a good day. That's not my race. That's not what I'm, I'm called to do. And I can say, well, I want to run 23 miles. I want to be that. I want to do this. And I can miss out on everything that God has for me trying to run somebody else's race and do somebody else's thing. Or I can say, man, I'm running my race and everybody around me has quit, so I'm going to quit too, and I'll still miss out. But I get my eyes on the Lord and I say, this is who you call me to be, God. It's refreshing to live in this place of purpose in my life. And it's not always easy. And sometimes it's hard. There's times that I, I, I do want to give up. There's times I want to throw in towel. But God, you've called me to this. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up and I'm going to run. And I'm going to run. And I'm going to run. I'm just going to keep on running. Run, Forrest, run. Just keep on running. Just keep on doing what God's called you to do until you finish what until you hear, well done, well done. You have what it takes. Look at your neighbor and say, you got it. You got it. Because you're becoming, you're evolving and becoming the only you there is. The only you there is. The only you there is. There's only one of you. There's only one of you. There's only one of you. And you're awesome. And you're perfect. You're blessed. You're incredible. You're amazing. And you're breaking out of that cocoon and you're becoming that beautiful butterfly that God's called you to be. And you're getting up and you're just jumping one day and you're spreading your wings to fly. As you begin to spread your wings to fly, man, you're beautiful. You're perfect. You're a beautiful butterfly. Your destiny is huge. And those butterflies migrate across land and sea. Those little tender wings that are fragile. You ever caught a butterfly and tore its wing because it's so fragile? But it can fly, it can fly for thousands of miles into its destiny, into its purpose, into what it's called to do. Don't get discouraged with just being a worm because you may have started out as a worm, an old grubby worm. But you know what? If you don't know who you're called to be, you'll look back at your life and say, I'm still a worm. You don't like the cocoon of life and the, and, and the dark places and the secret places with God. You'll never develop into your purpose. But don't be discouraged with the process because you're going to fly one day and you're going to see things that nobody else is ever going to see because you determined your heart. I'm going to be who God created me to be. And I'm going places. I'm evolving into being the only me there is. I was a rambunctious little kid. I'm probably a rambunctious old man, but I was a rambunctious little kid. And, and back in the day, people would say, well, when they made Marvin, they broke the mold. I know what they were saying. They were trying to say, they were trying to say, thank God. Thank God the little, we don't have another little one of him. When I hear people say that about their kids, it makes me mad because I got some wounds from that as a kid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they are who God created them to be. Ain't that awesome? Ain't that incredible? And I'm glad when God made me, he broke the mold. Because there's only one of me. That's who he created me to be. And it's okay for me to be all that I am. Because I don't have to be you. And you don't have to be me. 
You just got to be what God created you to be. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? God's got an anointing on your life. God's got a purpose for your life. I break off every discouragement today. I break off every lie of the enemy, enemy today. I say fulfill your destiny. Fulfill your destiny. Young people listen to me today. Don't let people talk you into going and doing something that you wasn't called to do. I've heard people say, man, you know, I'm gonna, I feel this passion to be this. And oh, Don't do that. You'll never make any money. You'll never go, you need to go be something else. No, this is what I'm called to be. It's not about how much money I make. It's not about all of those things in life. It's about my purpose. My purpose. My purpose. You live your whole life on the treadmill, running and running and running, trying to be what everybody else wants you to be. I'm not talking about heaven or hell today. I'm not talking about salvation today. I'm talking about fulfilling your purpose and your destiny for this life. Who God created you to be. And what he wants for you. Now when you don't do that, you're taking a chance of being distracted from those things. And they could sidetrack you from your relationship with God. True enough. But today I'm talking about living in the abundance of God. And breaking strongholds in your life. And living in the victory God's called you to live in. Stand with me today.